What's crackening, guys? What's crackening? So, y'all, guys. Oh, I just had a, a memory come up on Facebook of three years ago of a live feed that I did. Man, the live feeds have got a lot better since then. Um, I looked like a, a very uncomfortable kid trying to be comfortable on uh, on live feeds. So I feel like the, the live feeds have got a lot more interactive, a lot more confident in my ability to do live feeds nowadays. But uh, yeah, Michelle Zwan, how's it going, buddy? What's happening? So um, yeah, guys, that's uh, it's always an interesting thing to see where you were three years ago, where you are now, and um, yeah, I was unshaven and uh, wasn't too confident in myself, so that's an improvement. Anyway, so I've got a. This weekend has been a, a whole load of bullshit for me. Like it's, it's been a bit of a taxing weekend um, because I have stuffed up two knives. Don't really know what is, what has happened. Uh, I have a lot of suspicions, but no confirmations because I I need to go to Jack to reaffirm my suspicions. I've spoken to Michelle Zwan about these knives. I've spoken to um, Tim Brown, uh, Antoine, and I've spoken to Grant Stain as well. And they've all shared their, their inputs on these knives, and I very much appreciate that. And um, I think every knife maker's had that, that point in their life where they've made a couple of fuck-ups and they've cracked a blade or uh, they've ground the blade too thin or, you know, I think everybody's gone through that and it is part of the learning process. And I believe that trying to get past that is one thing, but being able to admit that you made a mistake and, and showing it for what it is and that you fucked up, it's just part of being real, you know. Or you just talk shit easier. Yeah, I think that's what it is, Michelle. Uh, Kamika, how's it going? So, yeah. So, I ground these blades yesterday, and I was very happy with the grind that I got on them. And I was about to start hand sanding. And before I started hand sanding, I thought, let me do an edge flex test. And on this one, I did an edge flex test. And there was, I ground it away. But it, it looked like a Simba chip. It was all zigzagged along the cutting edge. Now, I don't know if you guys, how well you guys can see that, but it is super duper thin, right? So I think, I think I may have gone way too thin on this blade. Uh, Michelle Zwan was also saying to me that it could be a problem with the heat treat, could be a problem with the temper, and all those things, right? So that knife still looks functional. But it's questionable, and I don't want to put questionable work out there. So I'm going to take this to Jack, and I'm going to find out what, what's happened, what's gone wrong, and um, figure that out. Then put it on the wall of shame, all right? Because we all should have one of those, I think. Now, this one is, is uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a whole lot more fucked up, so I'll show you that now. So this one is... Uh, 
It's got a nice big crack in the blade, right? Now, it was interesting to see the grain structure on the inside of this, and it is fucking thin. It is crazy thin, right? Now, that's my bad, because I shouldn't have gone this thin on a hunting knife. I shouldn't have gone this thin at all on a hunting knife. Um, if it's meant to be a utility knife, slash hunting knife, it'll cut like like nobody's business, but the point is when you're doing an edge flex test, you want to be able to have that knife bend on the on the brass rod or the copper rod that you're using. Um, you want it to bend and come back to true or flex and come back to true, right? So that tells you that your tempering process is, is successful and and your hardening process, all that stuff, that's that your blade is good because you're you're exposing the cutting edge of the blade to the most ridiculous of um, or the most strenuous tests that you will put on a knife. You're putting it through extreme stress on the cutting edge. And if it flexes and comes back to true, then it means you've got a successful blade. But if it chips out like this, that to me, well, not to me, but is like this, uh, it shows that it's too hard and it's brittle, right? But now the other question that, that comes into consideration here, and I don't know enough to say yes or no to this, but the other question is, the grain structure of the steel is the grain structure within 1075 hard or tight enough to support a blade of this thickness right i mean if you look how thin that section is there and how deep it runs in like i don't know i don't know round the edge of the knife down to a thickness of 0.6 or 0.8 uh, sorry Michelle just let me read the rest of your message here yeah um, it's it's interesting I just I don't know I'm just frustrated with with this at the moment uh, I was pretty bleak last night about it I'm not gonna lie I was pretty bleak but I have to remember I have to remember that this is this is part of the game, it's part of learning, it's part of, you've got to make these mistakes to sort of, I don't know, learn and learn to be more careful when it comes to grinding, when it comes to heat treatment, when it comes to tempering. And obviously every different steel that you get within knife making has its own uh, properties within the steel, has its own required heat treatment process. And all of these things are the things that we as knife makers endeavor to do to the best of our ability. And sometimes we get it wrong. And, uh, and that's okay because it's part of the learning process. I'm just glad that it broke and that I was able to realize that these things are not worth fixing at this point. In my opinion, they're not worth fixing at this point because... Yeah, imagine if I'd put handles on them, hand sanded them, 
put handles on them and then realized or given them to the customer and then they were using it and then broke i don't want to i don't want that to happen i do not want that it might happen in the future i hope to god that it won't but you never know so uh so yeah we've got these things to deal with and um i kind of just have to get over the fact that these are two blades that are that i really were i was pretty close to finishing them and uh now they're just they're just there <laughs> so it's a bit of a kick in the nuts but uh yeah We've got to share our successes, but more importantly, our failures as well. I think it's important to to share both. You know, everybody everybody loves to see when you're doing good and so on. Um, but it's also important to share the stuff that happens to you that is negative. So yeah, that's that's just my thoughts. Tim Brown, approve. Yes, please. Let's wait for Tim to get on board. And then we'll have a little chat. What's up? Trenton, buddy. What's happening, my boy? Ah, I'm playing around in the garage as usual. Busy nice. working on a little ooh, little Viking style cross pin that I forged yesterday. That is lovely. So, so my birthday is next year, yeah. May, on the 6th of May. So uh, just letting you know. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, you're more than welcome to come and forge one yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. How's your, how's your weekend been? Not too bad. I haven't... Uh, yesterday I had a friend over and we made him a hammer. Okay. And I made a hammer for myself and I finished off a flatter that was in order. Or finished yeah. forging it. I'm going to still grind and, and finish it off. But uh, yeah. yeah, today's been a lazy Sunday. Um, I at least did one honeydew job. I got the, a, a reading light up in our bedroom so that my wife can can read at night because she started studying um, accounting. So yeah. my very last bits of tobacco. <laughs> Jeepers! I've still got a fair amount, but I'm I'm just very thankful. From Tuesday, we can buy some tobacco. Right? Yeah. I don't think I'm even going to buy normal smokes again. I actually find the rolled smoke so much better. They're much nice, more eh? satisfying. It is. It is. It's a yeah. lot more satisfying. That's what I've been saying to people. and it's. But I think a lot of people just don't want the mission of rolling smokes. Um, I don't know. I just, I just find it way more enjoyable. The thing is, um, everything worthwhile in life takes a bit of work, so... The same is true of whole cigarettes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And there's there's a lot less shit in it. There's a lot less chemicals and maybe, I don't know, I find the roly gets very harsh when it's dry. When it's got some moisture mm. in it, it's, it seems to be a lot nicer. Yeah. This is so nice. Oh. Do the obstacle course back. <laughs> Yeah, so, so what's your so, plans what do you think um, my, for this week? What do you think of my throwing knife? 
I think it's awesome. I think that'll fit perfectly in with that brand we were talking about, the fuck you knives. <laughs> Dude, I was so bleak last night. I was so fucking bleak. Oh man, I was I was not I was not happy with life, eh? Mm. Uh, yeah. It's it's, it's soul destroying. Like, I, 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 I scratched out one that I forged a while back. Yeah. It must have been about two years ago. But in the spine, uh, there's a crack. And uh, that happened in heat treatment. Ah, fuck. Just over here. Shit. And, uh, yeah, I said, these are no longer blood grooves or fullers. They're now tear grooves. So tear you can catch my tears every time I look yeah. at this knife. Dude, Stuart Smith, buddy. Um, Stuart, I yeah, we've got a famous person on our feed. We've got a famous person on our feed. Yeah, we've got a famous person on our feed. You know, Stuart, it's interesting that you joined us today because I was uh, I was so bleak about this knife that I fucked up. And um, so, I, I, for inspiration, I started watching some of Stuart's videos on on YouTube. And uh, I was showing my dad that, that Puko uh, build that, that Stuart did from start to finish. And, man, it's so inspirational. It gives you such a, a lift just to watch something like that um, mm. being made so beautifully. Like, great job on that video, Stuart. Really, really stunning job. Yeah, it's nice to have guys like that that you can uh, go watch when you feel yeah. down about your miserable yeah. attempts at life making. Because, uh, yeah, as I say, I mean, I was feeling, even this morning, I was feeling pretty bleak. I was like, ah, oh, fuck this shit. Fuck knife making. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, shucks, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. And, and as I was saying earlier in this live feed, I think it's important to, we share a lot of our successes. It's very important to share our failures as well. You know, we don't get it right every single time. Hopefully, we get yeah. it most of the time. Otherwise, you're just not fucking learning. But, uh, yeah. Um, mm. That must have hurt, Stuart. Yeah, I saw it. It, it broke my heart, too. Fuck. And, and this, is the, this is the thing that... You, you will only learn when you start making knives is how, like to anybody else, it's just like a, ah, ah, shame, you know, but, but when you, when you work and you put your fucking life and soul and blood, sweat and tears into that knife and then it fucks out and then you're like, oh my God, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a kick in the nuts. Yeah. It hurts, man. Mm. I mean, this I'm just doing stock removal because I don't know anything about fucking forging. And I want to get there one day. But, I mean, I can imagine you put so much more effort into forging something and then grinding mm. and, and, and doing your heat treatment and all of that. And then, and then that fucks out. And then you're like, oh, my God. You know, it's, it must be such a ball egg. It's now a smaller dagger. 
if you can still save it, yeah. Stuart, and make a couple of bucks on it, that's brilliant, dude. That's brilliant. But, um, yeah, yeah it's nothing, still a kick in the nuts. Not fun. Yeah, there's nothing worse when you're working on a Damascus knife and you've been forged, it's been drilled, pre-ground, heat-treated. You start grinding those bevels and then you see that telltale little crack. You think, oh, oh. shit, there's a D-Lamb. How far does it go? How far does it go? <laughs> it's all like. can, you grind, can you grind it out? <laughs> like, oh my God, no. No, listen. But the thing is, if it was, if it was easy, we would be fucking doing it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, That's why it's more worthwhile to... It's not... It's not an easy thing to accomplish. I mean, especially when you're looking at guys like your quality of work, Stuart's quality of work, Neil's, you know, a whole bunch of guys that have got things really, they, they understand things really fucking well. And it kind of makes you feel a little bit better about yourself when you fuck up a blade because you know that guys like Stuart, like yourself, you guys know the mm. business and you still fuck up sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's 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 a know. humbling lesson. Yeah, because just yeah. when you think you know yeah. what you're doing, then Murphy sneaks in the back door <laughs> and uh, rams you up the rear. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like I've been so scared about grinding these knives, and then yesterday I was feeling good. I was I was thinking, you know what? I've just got to go in, go in for the grind with confidence just try and be as methodical with the grinding as possible. And then I ground them. They were mm. looking good, sweet. And um, because of Stuart's uh, uh, YouTube videos that I've been watching quite a few of them with the, mm. the brass rod test. And then the one came out like a Simba chip, just stayed there. Like I can make <laughs> rated knives now, you know, you know, it's just how it is. And, uh, <laughs> And then the other one chipped, and I was like, ah, fuck. I was, ah, it was such a bastard. But you don't want that to happen when the client's got it in his hands. You know, we were, yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and let's see what else Stuart is saying here. Grind it like it's free. Grind it like it's free. <laughs> and use file guards. Okay. Um, I must have been. How's it, Grant? How's it going, buddy? Yeah, I admit. Yeah, I admit. Right, Stuart said that a while back, and I heard it, and it's like, especially when you're working with like expensive pearls and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. If you grind it like it's free, it almost half takes that pressure off of uh, don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up. Um, yeah. So yeah. At the end of the day, it's only money. I mean. You can always yeah. make more of it. It's temporary. No, it's true. It's true. It's it's you've got to almost make that switch in your head to 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 be like if it fucks out, whatever. But hopefully it doesn't. You know. Uh, Hendrik, how's it going, buddy? I see Stuart has did Stuart send a request to be to join. Stuart, let us know if you if you're down for one of these live feeds um, sometime in the future. Then we can we can chat and 
just talk about different things because I think it would be really cool to have Stuart uh, as a guest on on the podcast that we've been talking about. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what he's what he's forgotten, we must learn. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's that's the fact. Um, and you know what? I want to do. I also want to do like. There's so many things I want to do with this this podcast thing. Like for 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 future episodes, I want to have the ability to say, you know what, Tim and I went to say, for example, Stuart Smith the other day, and we did mm. a knife with him, and this is what we learned, and this and this and that, and da 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 da, mm. and like speak about it, and then mm. have Stuart on as a guest and say. You know, this is what I learned and what a what a what a and talk about the whole process mm. and break it down because when the guys the guys who've been doing this for fucking years, they explain in depth the process so simply to you that you're like, Wow. Mm. Okay. Like that makes a lot of sense. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um there's a lot of times that I've learned things from YouTube, but the guys are over your fucking head you can't just get there and um, then when I started learning at, at Jack's place he breaks things down so well that you can really comprehend the foundational structures of what you need to learn within knife making and he's he's not talking over your head he's just breaking it down for you so you can really understand what's going on yeah um, I was watching Sam Towns and uh well, not watching. I was listening to Sam Towns and, and Alex Norton on the Forgecast. Yeah. And they were say they were talking about they both doing um, like YouTube videos for like on online learning. Mm. Um, but the pricing is less than their normal class. And the people ask them, "Well, why are you doing that?" He says, "Because there's a difference between learning online, where you watch and then you do stuff, but when you actually there in physical person." And you do something, and he says, you're doing that wrong now. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing wrong unless someone is there looking over your shoulder. Yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah, and I mean, it makes it more accessible to people, but they don't get that face-to-face -face interaction. That and, yeah. and it's, I mean, I'm not knocking online teaching, but I think... I think it's a good option for people who can't afford to go and learn from somebody in person, but that mm. that's the ideal way to learn. Um, and then also, mm. as Stuart is saying, you learn more from failure than you do from, from your successes, and I agree with that. It, it, if you're succeeding mm. all the time, either you fucking Jesus or you're, uh, or you, I don't know, I don't know, I just don't know. If you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. So you're not pushing yourself to try and be better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it goes back to uh, what what Jonathan said to me when I tried to make that bow. And he said to me, "If you ain't breaking them, you ain't making them." And yeah. that's actually true regarding knives as well, mm. because there is going mm. to come a point in time, whether it's stock removal or whether it's forging, uh, there is going mm. to come a time. Where are you going to break a blade? Yeah. And apparently this weekend is my time to break a blade, right? <laughs> so it's going to happen, and it sucks nuts. It sucks. It's, it's terrible. It, it really hurts your feelings, but you've got to just be like, it happened. 
I know it happened to guys who are better than me, so I take mm. solace in that. You know, it, it's it's a little mm. bit of a comforting message that other guys who know what they're doing also fuck up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that is very comforting, but it's, as long as you can figure out what you did wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think taking him to Jack, he'll be able to maybe see what exactly was wrong. Yeah, um, I mean... I just don't have enough experience at this point to narrow it down to a problem with the heat treat or a problem with the tempering or a problem with grinding it too thin. I just don't have that experience. So for me to guesstimate, it would be exactly that. Mm. It would be a guesstimate. It, it wouldn't be an informed fucking... Uh, an informed... I don't know. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, it won't be an, an informed opinion. Yes, or. yes, yes. That's exactly right. So, <clears throat> you know, and we were we were talking about this the other day uh, on our other uh, live stream as well, is that, you know, because I said to you, come up with a subject, and you said getting into knife making. Yes. And uh, and that's pretty much what I'm still doing at this point. I'm not I'm not a knife maker. I'm learning how to make knives. Right? There's yeah. a big fucking difference. But um, that's the thing that I think is the most important thing about learning is to go and learn from somebody who fucking knows the story. Because you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have way less frustration because you're able to go to somebody who can almost hold your hand through the process a little bit and mm. just just give you advice, you know? Yeah, it makes a big difference if, if you've got someone there to, to show you the right way and to tell you exactly when you're doing something wrong. Mm. I mean, all, almost all my knowledge is self-taught. Yeah. But it's taken me four years to get where I am, and I'm still learning. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there is anything in this world that you can ever know everything about. No, if, you have to enjoy the process of learning. I think you, you that's do. The main thing you do. You have to enjoy that process. You have to be fucking patient, and it. Mm. And once again, it also comes down to being humble about it. Mm. Even if you're making exceptional pieces, you've got to be humble. Mm. Yes, you're going to know a lot more shit than you did five, six years back. But mm. there's never an excuse to be an asshole about it. You know, yeah. you yeah. never want to be an asshole to a guy that doesn't know as much as you. Mm. You can give him advice, and if he wants to take it, that's that's up to him. But Mm. Removing ego from the learning process is the most important part of, of the learning process. Because yeah. you, not everybody's going to give you the advice that you want to hear, but it's the fucking truth. Mm. Yeah, I remember when I was still studying many years ago when um, we still rode around on ox wagons. Um, I was part of the, the pistol and rifle club at UCT. <clears throat> and we found when it comes to firearms, that women are far easier to teach than men mm. because women don't have the ego associated with I'm supposed to know how a firearm yeah. works. 
Ja, ja. And, and Women generally make better shots than men, surprisingly. I, I read an article about that regarding archery specifically. This article was about archery. And they were saying that women, when they get the form right and all of those things, they are much, mm. consist, they're much more consistent and better shots than men. And they were mm. talking about the control that a woman has of her breathing versus the control that a man has over his breathing. Mm. Now, obviously, there's, it's, it's debatable and arguable, but this is what the study had shown. And... Um, I thought that was rather interesting. Yeah, they may they may not be able to pull as heavy a bow, but if you give give them something they can pull, they're probably going to be a better shot than you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very fucking interesting stuff. You know, going back to talking about ego, is mm. um, it's 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 something that I that I like to talk about a lot because the thing is when you when I was teaching bushcraft this side and then that side in the Western mm. Cape, guys get very uptight. You're a younger guy trying to teach an older guy how to make friction fire. He's mm. never fucking done it, but he feels that he should be able to do it because he's a man, and that's mm. bullshit. It's bullshit. Mm. You've got to, got to be humble. You cannot, like, if you're paying for the course and then you want to teach mm. the course, then go and fucking teach mm. your own course. You know? Mm. Don't don't come to the course that you paid for. Mm. That's acknowledgement, first of all, that I know what I'm talking about. And then you pay for the course mm. and then you want to come fucking teach me how to do it. And undermine my <laughs> skills and authority over the subject that we're talking about. I'm not saying mm. I'm the shit on bushcraft. There's guys who are way better than me on in bushcraft. But I have the ability mm. to teach it within the area of bushcraft that I understand and have experienced. Mm. But this is the problem, is that guys do get the flipping, it's, the, it, it's almost like a pull out your dick and see who's as big a competition. You know? It, yeah. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with your manhood or, or who you are as a person mm. or your masculinity. It's got fuck all to do with that. Mm. It's just got to do with, hey, if you're a man and you don't know how to cook, Maybe that's, like, a lot of guys think that's a woman's job, and that's okay. Like, whatever you think, it's fine. But I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know. I'm having a rant here. I'm, I'm going to stop now. I'm just going to stop. <laughs> no, but ego, ego tends to always get in the way of, of improvement. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter what it is. Uh, that's why I, you know... Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, and and instead of listening to argue, we should maybe try and listen to understand, understand other person's point of view. Hundred percent. Because uh, we, you can still walk away with a different opinion. It's just maybe you have a better understanding, and if you're not open to that, you're never going to get that understanding. Yeah, exactly. It's like trying to understand a woman. That's impossible. That's, that's something uh, my girlfriend says to me all the time, is listen to understand, don't listen to argue. And it makes so much sense. 
Because if you're just listening to argue, you're like, okay, you said this now, so how am I going to counteract that? Don't, don't fucking do that. Mm. Don't fucking do that. You're not going to learn anything. Anyway, the point is we all fucking make mistakes. Take ego out of it, learn mm. from it, and improve. Yeah. That's <clears throat> all you can do. That's all you can do. Yeah. I've run Follow out of Stuart's advice. Uh, Follow Stuart's advice, you know. Just make another knife. Mm. You fucked up a knife, just make another one. <laughs> you know, and that's something that uh, a, a friend of mine was also talking to me about some time, Pierre. He was talking about um, guys who, who go hunting. Maybe they, they shoot an animal and they don't find that animal. Mm. He says, you better, in his opinion, it's best for you to go out the fucking next day and take an animal down. Don't, do not leave that farm without having taken an animal. Because now you're going to leave mm. that farm with a bad and negative mindset about that whole experience. And you're not going to make peace with it. You've got to make peace with the fact that you fucked up, but make another one, make another knife, or shoot another animal. You know what I mean? Well, let's quickly go have a look how the dog looks. Okay. Because um, one of the dogs is uh, finished being bathed. Do the obstacle course. Uh, let me switch my camera around. My daughter's going to kill me. Uh, have I switched the camera around? Yes, I have. There we go. Hello, Olof. <laughs> hey. He's all clean and fluffy. Nice. <laughs> now he's probably going to go and very roll around content. in the dirt now. No, that's why the swimming pool's empty. But he's he's concerned because the other dog, Lily, is still in the in the wash tub. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. And he's got a little bow in his head. <laughs> I remember uh, some friends of ours had like had this little. Uh, well, it wasn't little. It was a little. Um, oh man, what are those? Like a. Uh, um, Pekingese. The shep shepherd dogs. Uh, those. Uh, Collies. No man, the, the black and white ones. They such nice native dogs. Border collie, yeah, and yes. they would and they would shave this thing up to its neck, and they would leave a mane. They'd leave a mane, and it, and every time this dog came back, this dog was so self-conscious about itself. Like it was fuck yeah. off self-conscious. It was like, oh shit, shit, oh my god, I can, I feel like I, I don't feel like myself. Like I can imagine if I shave my beard off now. That's what I would yeah. feel like. I'd be like, <laughs> scum. I'd be like, oh, no, no, I don't want to do live feeds anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used to have a, another St. Bernard. But I remember the first time we had her, so walked around, like, very, very self-conscious of how she looked. <laughs> Which is a very interesting subject because, like, if a, if a dog has that consciousness of, of understanding that something's happened, that it knows, mm. it knows it's not supposed to look like that, that's, that shows qu quite a level of intelligence, in my opinion. That's, 
It's quite interesting. Yeah. 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 It's amazing that animals actually seem to have sometimes or what we think is human emotions. Yeah. Or insecurities. Yeah, yeah. I was I was actually watching a, a documentary about um, animals that res- that recognize themselves in a mirror versus thinking that it's another mm. animal in the mirror. Mm. And they were they were saying, you know, we often judge other creatures that we know have intelligence, but because we judge them by our mm. standards of intelligence, we're not able to mm. look at the fact that there is intelligence there, but we're judging it from our perspective of, of intelligence. Uh, mm. Like reason, understanding, comprehension, mm. all of those things that we view as intelligent. But yeah. we, we're judging other animals and other species of animals by our standards. Mm. But if you were to judge them by the things that they do, you can see intelligence. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, simple true. example with, with crows and problem solving. They're incredible creatures. Incredible. Yeah, and, um, I mean, there's so many other animals that we can talk about that have got, like, next-level intelligence. But mm. I don't think we always fully understand, unless we work with them and we can see the intelligence firsthand, it's, it's really incredible. It's incredible. I mean, if you look at, at guys who do control of uh, problem animals like jackals and stuff, yeah, the jackals are—they're fucking they are smart. So, yeah, they are—they are really, really. Just smart. when you think you figured them out, they'll go and do something different. They, mm. you know, I—I I heard a story about a jackal, and I—I I, I don't know how true this is. I've never been able to find any confirmation behind the story. But I—I ho- I heard a story from a, a coloured guy in the Western Cape. Who, who knew a lot about the bush. And he said that his grandfather told him about jackals and how smart they are. And he said when, when a jackal gets, like, infested with, with fleas and, and all that sort of thing, he says it will find a body of water and it will put something in its mouth and it will find a body of water and it will reverse backwards into this body of water. And the fleas fucking jump and jump and jump up to the thing that it's holding in its mouth. And then it'll let that thing go and walk out much cleaner of ticks than, than it originally was. Now, I don't know how true that is. I've never been able to find out uh, or find any substantial like any evidence to substantiate that but it's fucking interesting it's interesting i think it could could be partly true actually but because uh, i know if the jackal are under pressure so they've been um there's been a lot of hunting of the jackal they actually start to breed faster so just when you think you're getting the numbers under control they just start Breeding faster. Wow. Um, and it's it's a it's their survival mechanism virtually. That's crazy. So when when times are hard and food is scarce, they they breed at a slower rate. But when there's ample food, then they breed at a higher rate. And also when there's pressure from outside on their numbers, then they will also breed at a faster rate. 
It's it, they they really are fascinating because like my friend and I we had to go and do some some jackal culling on his farm at one point, and we had the calls mm. on the on the machine calling with uh, mm. with I can't remember all the different calls and whatnot, but we had like a, a distressed hare call and all of these different calls, mm. and um, he shot at one of the jackals that came past. And there were lots of jackals coming in, but we were late, waiting for a good shot. And he shot at one of the jackals, and he missed. Those jackals fucked off. They were they never came back. They never came yeah. back. We never we never got an, another opportunity that night. We tried to do it another two weeks later. We got one after that fuck off. Couldn't get another shot in. They they are smart. They are fucking smart. <coughs> mm. They wouldn't be around if they weren't smart. Oh. Absolutely. Like humans, dumb, dumb shit don't survive in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But um, I, I don't know. I, I always, whenever I hear a jackal in the bush, it's such a beautiful sound to me. Like it, I miss oh, that. Awesome. I can say I miss from the reserve is is listening to that that sound that that whiny sound in the night it's an early morning oh mm. such a beautiful sound love it uh ainsley how's it going buddy what's happening so yeah so um anyway what's what's your plans for uh for this week regarding night well i've got I've got to finish off that kitchen I've set uh, probably tomorrow uh, so I can take it off to Sean to get the leather work done. Oh, yes. Um, I've, got a fin- I've, got a, I've got a flatter that I must put a handle on and or harden and put a handle on. Then I want to finish my little hammer today still. Okay. So that I've got a, a hammer because I need a, a smaller crossbeam. Well, that's what I'm trying to convince myself of. And then I've got to finish up these two cleavers, and I've got to start forging a mini gladius dagger. Okay. All right. So, yeah. It's going to be a busy week. Um, Tuesday, I'm going to go to the tobacco store. Because uh, I really enjoy the roll tobacco over normal cigarettes. It's a a much cleaner taste. It's a much cleaner... um, Mm. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just think that there's a whole lot. It's 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 a much raw, much more raw product. And I mean, this is mm. this is non-flavored tobacco. Um, yeah. But as I was saying, if you mix yeah, like I a love- flavored tobacco with regular tobacco, it actually breaks that flavor up a little bit nicely. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and this thing about having different different options. Put it that way. I think we should go visit him for a for a weekend or something. Cool. Well, buddy, listen, I'm going to call you pretty much directly after this, but I think we're going to end the live feed here. Um, but I yeah. want to call you and, and, and just chat to you about a few things. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. Chat to like you soon. Chat to you now. Cheers. All right. Thanks for yeah. joining, guys. Much appreciated. We'll chat to you all soon.